We now welcome in for the first time of what will be, we hope, many interviews over the next, uh, I don't know, 25, 30 years with the new Clemson baseball coach, Eric Backich. Coach, good evening. Good to have you with us here on Sports Talk. How are you? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me on your show. You okay with my projection, 25, 30 years of interviews? That'd be okay? <laughs> yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we, we plan to be here, and I'm sure you, you plan to be at Clemson, so that's, that's good. Well, first of all, now that uh, you've definitely gotten the old feet wet and you kind of got your feet buried in the, in the dirt there at Doug Kingsmore, how's it feeling to you? Uh, what were what were some of the most important things that you've gotten done over your first few months there running the program at Clemson? Well, yes, sir. I mean, it uh, you know still feels a little bit like you know drinking from the proverbial fire hose, but you just have to to break it down into chunks. And so the the most important jobs to be done right away. The first thirty days, you know, we wanted to put a staff together. Wanted to, you know, obviously. Build, start building a relationship with our our current team, current current players. Uh, get to know all the recruits, meet all the local coaches in the great state of South Carolina, and, and get connected to the alumni. So that was, you know, all of that was the probably the the summer. Uh, that was half of June, all of July, and then as we got into August, it was getting into the the planning and the preparation of of fall ball and creating a training environment for our team to thrive in, but it's been, it's been busy. It's been a hundred, a hundred miles an hour every day. And it's been awesome. Yeah. Well, you got a lot of new players. You got a new staff for the most part and uh, the returning players, they're learning you, you're learning them. As you go into uh, preseason camp here, how many spots in your, your starting nine, would you say, well, let's say starting eight, not pitching, but starting eight, how many spots are still open? How much competition is there going to be going into camp? You know, there's there's quite a bit of competition. Um, I've said this many times, but the previous staff did a did a great job of uh, bringing some very high quality players and individuals to Clemson and into this program. So it's it's been terrific getting to know them and, and evaluating them and it, as a as a player, but more importantly, getting to know them as people. And they're, they're super competitive, obviously. And so there's a lot of inter-team competition for various spots on the field. Now, we do have some returning starters uh, that maybe would have a little bit of a leg up just because of their their age and their experience and just their the reps that they've had inside college baseball. Uh, but we haven't defined any starters yet. We haven't named any certain positions yet. But I think people can look at the stat sheet last year and kind of figure some things out that, you know, that a Ben Blackwell and a Blake Wright and a Cooper Ingle and a Caden Grice, you know, those guys were key contributors. Tyler Corbett, those guys are key contributors to last year's team. And, um, you know, it's going to be hard for them to stay out of that lineup. Well, I would agree. And I guess most people start with Grice and, what a player he has been at Clemson, and I know you're expecting some big things out of him, pitching and playing in the field and hitting. What are your plans for a guy with so many skills, so many tools? Well, we've moved him from the outfield back to the infield. We've got him at first base. He's a super athlete. He's a big target, very agile over there, and it just also keeps him in the action. 
Um, the outfield can be a lonely place. Sometimes you can go the whole game and not get not get a ball. Um, so it's it's just keeping him more engaged, which will obviously help his offense. And then pitching is something that he did just in sparingly uh, last year, and that's something that we'll look to really expand that role. He could be a starter. He could be a reliever. Could pitch in in high leverage relief, uh, but just having him as a pitcher as well as a true two way type player uh, will not only help him as a pitcher, but certainly help him as as an offensive player and just uh, being fully engaged in kind of that pitcher hitter matchup and what you know what uh, how he would how he would pitch and attack certain hitters and start to have that mental framework uh, when he goes up to bat as well. Eric Mackins, the new head baseball coach at Clemson, joining us here tonight on Sports Talk. And, Coach, let's stick with Caden Grice for just a moment from an offensive perspective. He's a young man that can drive in probably 100 runs for you and certainly hit 30 or more home runs during a season. In your style of offense, though, baseball-wise, what do you want to see? Do you want him to continue to be a power hitter, or does he also need to try and put the ball in play? When you look at a team offensively, what is your style of baseball going to look like? Well, we've had some explosive offenses, you know, in our teams at Michigan, and it was because we played team offense. And I think a lot of lot of offenses looks like nine independent contractors going up to bat and <laughs> doing their Twitter swing. <laughs> and for us, you know, everyone has a job to do until until they cross the plate. And so our our offense will be predicated on scoring runs, and it's an it's a dynamic balance of speed and power. And for a guy like Caden, yeah, he, he may achieve those numbers, but he'll do it by not trying to do it. And that's a, that's a very important thing for he and all young hitters to understand. Sometimes less is more when it comes to, to generating bat speed and power. And my favorite at-bat from the fall was actually one of his at-bats. Every time we inter-squad, I like to be the home plate umpire just to have that, that perspective, that vantage point on the field. And he had a two-strike count. And uh, there was a pitch that was thrown. It was, a, you know, maybe six inches off the plate. And he was choked up. He, he was just trying to put the barrel on it. And he did exactly that. He put the barrel on it and hit a line drive into the top of the bleachers opposite field. And an opposite field line drive home run, that, that's hard to do. And he did it with just a very simple swing. And so uh, for he and for, for a lot of our players, just understanding with two strikes, it becomes a team at bat, and it becomes about being gritty, not pretty, and just putting the barrel on the ball. You know, sometimes you can still hit for power and hit some of your hardest balls doing that. Uh, so I, I love that at bat that he had in the mm. fall, and you know that's just that's just more of a team approach, playing team baseball, and looking forward to all of our guys competing that way. There's no question you had tremendous success as head coach at Michigan. Is there a difference, though, coaching a upper Midwest Northern college baseball team translating now to coaching a, a college team in the south where you might actually be able to get out on Friday and start uh, practice? Is there a big difference, though, in terms of the way the game is played, how it's coached, and how you train for, for baseball at Michigan now that you're moving over to Clemson? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously the, the weather, I'd be lying if I didn't, you know, mention the weather. And uh, so it, that, that really, from a training standpoint, it just allows more, more time at our craft where we had to be a little bit creative. And we did get very creative when we were indoors and 
you know, maybe could only be outside for sparingly for, for small doses. Uh, but competition is competition. And, um, and that part of the game is the same. And uh, those are some of the biggest strides that, that our team has made and just really from the neck up. And, and uh, I'm really excited to see him compete and looking forward to, you know, this time that we have now as we enter into this preseason uh, segment where we start official team practice. All of college baseball starts official team practice this Friday to really start to ramp up and, and get ready for opening day. A name many Tiger fans will think of maybe these days as on the football field, kind of forgotten because of injury, the expectations coming out of ice, out of high school as a highly regarded prospect. Uh, just curious, I saw your thoughts last week. You were quoted calling Will Taylor, quote, one of the most explosive athletes I've seen in a baseball uniform. Again, he missed a vast majority of last year, still recovering from that torn ACL. Just wondering if you could expand on what expectations may be for Will Taylor this year on the baseball field. Well, we've we've been able to work with him now for a couple of weeks, and he is he's extremely explosive. He's extremely twitchy, as you would expect a, an athlete of his caliber to be. And he just he has he just has a big engine. He just gets going quick. He uh, he gets to full speed quickly. He can accelerate quickly. Um, so really, I think for him, it's just getting getting into really baseball mode and and maybe out of football mode, which he's doing very very you know, very fast, very rapidly. So he's, his swing looks good. He's making strides defensively. And, uh, you know, really just this is our time to kind of evaluate his, his skill set. And, and he's competing for to earn a position, to earn a role as well, just just like a lot of the guys did all fall and now they're still doing. Uh, so he, he, he is playing a little bit of catch-up in that regard. But uh, he is a phenomenal athlete, one of the best – you know, athletes I have seen in a baseball uniform, that is true, uh, just with the, uh, you know, the ability just to be explosive and, uh, and very athletic in, in what he does. Uh, so, you know, containing all of that in, a, in the specific skills of baseball will be exciting, you know, to watch how he progresses and grows here these next few weeks. And, Coach, you also in that same interview mentioned having a lot of versatility this spring with uh, eight different guys fighting for the three starting spots in the outfield. Uh, including, of course, Will Taylor. Last year, he may have played more DH because of the injury. But do you have it? Is it too early, or do you have any expectations yet of whether fans maybe see him more in the outfield or more at DH, or maybe doing a little bit of both? Or what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I, I, you know, we haven't really even thought about the DH role at all. Um, you know, usually that's kind of the the best offensive player not playing a defensive position. And if that's him, then that's him. But, uh, you know, right now it's a lot of our training and focus has been, you know, from a defensive standpoint of just, you know, learning the way that we teach it and how we teach our first steps and acceleration and, um, you know, the movements like a, a wide receiver learning, learning his routes. And so we're, we've been heavily uh, involved with that. And then from an offensive standpoint, just, you know, maybe uh, adjusting to the things that we prioritize, like plate decisions and quality contact and consistent contact and all of the things that go under those buckets uh, for those key performance indicators. And so he's, he seems to be a guy that does a really good job at swinging at strikes and taking balls, um, which is the, the essentials of, of making good decisions at the plate. 
and uh, he definitely has a lot of bat speed because he's a fast mover and because he's athletic. Uh, so, you know, it's really for us as coaches, it's not trying to necessarily uh, define what his role is right now, but just more uh, not only evaluate his skill set, but also, you know, work with him on, on get playing a little bit of catch up on all the things that we did this fall that, you know, while he was busy winning an ACC championship on the gridiron, mm. uh, that, that we could get him up to speed here so we can try to do the same thing. A few more minutes with Clemson baseball coach Eric Backage here on Sports Talk. So what about the pitching? We haven't really touched on that in great detail. Uh, where are you on in your mind having a, a weekend rotation? Are you are you there yet? Or you got to see more here in camp. No, I you know, I, I'd be lying to say that we don't have any idea what our rotation is. The, the thing is, is we have so many good pitchers uh, that we feel like are potential starters what we haven't done is say all right this is our friday saturday sunday what we have is six to eight guys right now that based on their stuff and based on their command because we like we like our starters to be able to throw three pitches for strikes uh we have at least six guys that we feel like could fit that starter profile and the guys who don't start you know where are they well positioned are they are they long relievers are they high leverage relievers uh, could they close, you know? And so it's really, it's kind of identifying, all right, who are these, who are these in a typical college baseball program, you know, 10, 11, 12 guys are going to get 90% of the innings pitch. Same thing on the offense. They're going to get 90% of the at-bats. Uh, so it's really just kind of trying to figure out who we feel like are the guys that are going to, you know, have the mo- the most impactful roles on the team, in terms of the outcome of the game, but we haven't identified a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday yet. We know who some of those guys are that could be potential starters, but uh, have not have not identified that. Hey, Ryan Ammons is starting on Friday night. He could, but we haven't come out and said that yet. Yeah, are you more inclined to put him in the rotation and move him from the closers role that he was so effective at last year? We are because we want him to. We want him to pitch the most meaningful innings possible and starting pitcher the tone setter um, we do feel like that that role for him he's the right type of kid right type of character right type of makeup it means a lot for him to wear Clemson across his chest he's had a lot of repetitions in college baseball he's uh, we know he's he's a very established we know he's a very good end of the game type of pitcher and we just we really want him to pitch more and keep that same mentality and just go out there and close the the first inning and then do it again and again and again as many times as he can do it. Uh, but really, just try to you know try to put him in a position where you know we think he can do it. He thinks he can do it, and uh, put him in a position to be very successful as a pitcher out there. Clemson head baseball coach Eric Mackage with us here tonight on Sports Talking. Uh, coach, we obviously could not get you out of here without talking about South Carolina and Clemson. Our state very proud of that rivalry, one of the best in the country, and for a long time may have been the best in the nation. How much have you heard about that rivalry, and, and what is your take on first go-around with, with South Carolina coming up in early March? Well, it's not my first go-around. It's the second go-around. I was fortunate enough to experience it. Uh, first time being a college coach and it hits you right in the face. I mean, it is yep. as passionate as it gets. And, 
um, you know, it was it was such a, a high bar. So many things about about Clemson, being at Clemson the first time was a high bar. Being with Coach Leggett and Coach Corbin and Coach O'Sullivan uh, on a, one staff and learning from three Hall of Famers to having the team that we had that finished in Omaha that year to just just taking it all in and then experiencing something like the Clemson South Carolina rivalry. Um, you know, it just when when you are privileged if you 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 get lucky to be at a at a place that has a high caliber rivalry and you're right I don't know if there is a better one in baseball than Clemson South Carolina I don't know if there's a better college baseball rivalry than that then the way to approach it is just to have the utmost respect for it and that's what we do we're not we're not here to make any predictions or talk talk bad about them or anyone else it's just we are going to respect that rivalry so much that we're going to train for it every single day and prepare for it every single day. And we have, we addressed it. I talked about it in the press conference. We talked about it in meeting number one. We talk about it or plan for it all the time. And uh, I think that's the best way to show the utmost respect for this rivalry and getting to compete in it uh, on such an awesome stage uh, with such a long history and such a, a long standing rivalry between the two baseball programs, which have both had just some unbelievable moments in their history. Last thing we'll let you go. How much are you leaning on the old man? Number seven, how much you uh, tapping into his knowledge and is he uh, physically uh, involved with you guys getting ready for, for the practice and for the season? Physically, Jack Leggett is level 10 energy all the time, full tilt, all go, relentless, positive enthusiasm. And for him to be involved with Clemson baseball again, just feels right, is right. It's awesome. He's a coach for the, for the coaches. He's a mentor for the players. And every time he comes around, our, our program gets better. So it's, it's awesome having him around. He's, uh, He's maybe not there every single day, but he is on our staff. Um, he is his title, official title is program development, but he is a uh, he is a great guy and a great resource to have. Great ambassador for for Clemson baseball and and just for um, for people who want to be tough and competitive and high energy. That's that's him. That's every fiber of his DNA. And so I lean on him a lot. He's uh, he was a mentor. 21 years ago has continued to be a mentor for 21 straight years and will continue to be so in the future. And, uh, always very appreciative of, of him for, you know, giving this guy an opportunity to get a start in coaching. And so, uh, it's, it's great to have him back. Tell you what, I'm sorry to interrupt. Tell you what, having you and coach Leggett, and Corbin and Sullivan in a room together, all talking at the same time, (laughs) you wouldn't know who's talking. You all sound alike. It's like you all grew up in the same house. Well, I tell you what, there's a lot of testosterone in that room when we were Dully <laughs> and Forbes, and I, we all shared an office. But it was, uh, yeah, it was high energy for sure. I don't know how the roof stayed on, but it was, uh, it was uh, one of the things that I can point to is I got really lucky being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Well, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you for joining us tonight. Look forward to many more conversations with you. We'll see you during the season. We appreciate you being on with us. Yes, sir. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thanks, Coach. All right, Coach Eric Backich.
at Clemson. I think the program's in good hands. It went from good hands to good hands to good hands. So I think that uh, they're going to be very competitive moving forward with their baseball program. And I was very interested. You asked uh, the question about the South Carolina rivalry. I'm very, very interested to hear his response. That That's yeah. something that is on his mind 24-7, 365. They they're conscious of it. It's obviously something that they uh, they want to win, and they they think about beating and and, and bettering the Gamecocks uh, apparently all the time. 